When you hear the words video game fan, who comes to mind? You might think of somebody who looks like the Simpsons comic book store guy. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. When I Google image search gamer or video game fan, the photos of people on the first page of the results are all guys. With the exception of a couple photos of sexy female models wearing costumes that look like Nintendo Game Boys. Also, can we talk about how it's called a Game Boy? I never thought about being a girl who liked playing Tetris on a Game Boy when I was a kid. But now, as an adult, the idea of women and girls not being the typical video game fan is frustrating. People who don't play games sometimes think that video games are a nerdy niche industry. I hate to break it to you, but about 156 million Americans play video games, about half of whom are women. It's a $21 billion industry. In 2013, the video game industry made twice as much as the film industry. So it's a huge part of our media and our pop culture. And while there are millions and millions of fans, the identity politics of who considers themselves a video game fan are complicated. Journalist and gamer Latoya Peterson has put together a new documentary series for the website Fusion about gender in gaming. Gamer has become a loaded term. I never had a problem with the word. It was what I grew up hearing. For me, gamer was a word with power. It was an affiliation. It was a way to tell others that I too loved games. But, just like with any other label, the term gamer is weighed down with baggage. I called up LaToya to talk about her experience as a video game fan and how gaming fandom has evolved. Hi, I'm LaToya Peterson. I am the editor and owner of Rachelicious.com and the editor-at-large at Fusion, where I have been producing a series about girls who game, called Girl Gamers. Awesome. And you're a video game fan yourself. Can you talk to me about... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, can you talk to me about when you uh, started playing video games and when you started identifying as a fan? Yeah, so uh, I started playing video games in 1989. I remember the exact moment. It was because my father had bought a Super Nintendo, or sorry, it was a regular Nintendo entertainment system. He had bought the first one that had the Duck Hunt Super Mario combo pack and the gold cartridge of Legend of Zelda. And I was forbidden from touching it. He was like, do not go into the room, do not come and try this thing. But my dad was at work until like, I think like five or six. And so when I would come home from school, I would totally just sneak into this room um, and play and just be like really just, you know, losing myself in this world. And my younger sister, who at the time was just born. So she was born in 89. So she must have been like four months or five months. Uh, she cried terribly, except for when I was playing Mario Brothers or Zelda. She didn't like Duck Hunt, but Mario Brothers or Zelda. And so like she was totally like my accomplice in it. Um, and so years and years later, it's great. I, did, I wasn't surprised when she got into animation and design. She doesn't do that now. It's her job. But she ended up getting into animation and design and like having all these weird, random video game things that I like to say I contributed to early because that's what she grew up watching. So that's how it started. Um, and then it just continued. It just never really stopped. Um, I always felt like there was going to be a time when I would get out of it and it just hasn't happened. Did your dad ever find out that you were illicitly playing his video games? Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got in total trouble for that the first time. Um, but it kind of just kept happening. And at some point, my dad gave up on trying to guard the console because at some point, like, my cousins would come over. Then there were, like, eight of us trying to, like, bang around on his stuff. So at some point, he just gave it up, and he would just buy a ton of games for us. Like, I think he picked them at random, honestly. Like, we got the most random stuff 
Um, there's a reason why a lot of times when I talk about my first gaming memories, it's always like Doom and Abe's Odyssey and Sonic and Crash Bandicoot. It's like literally my dad would just grab stuff and stick it in the basement and be like, go play, leave me alone. And then he had his like treasured games for his friends that stayed in the room. And those were the ones that we couldn't touch from there. So, you know, he eventually, I think, learned to work around it. You're producing this series for Fusion about uh, girl gamers and the first episode digs into the word gamer. Um, Let's just listen to a clip from it right now. I identify as a gamer and to me the term gamer just means someone who plays games. That's it. I don't identify as a gamer. I think of myself as someone who plays games but I don't think of myself as like a reader or um, a watcher of movies and so I don't think of myself as a gamer either. I do, yeah. But I also identify as an artist and a lot of other things. So, you know, we're complex individuals. This little experiment was fascinating. So can you talk to me about when you first realized that there were some social and political politics around who identifies as a gamer? Yeah, uh, it took me forever because I'm an old gamer, right? Like, (laughs) I'm not like Atari old or arcades old or pinball only old, but I'm still fairly old, right? I still remember when like multiplayer meant couch play. It meant that you and your friends came over and you had four controllers, right? Or, you know, it meant a LAN party. Like, it meant that specific thing. The internet uh, was slow (laughs) in our day. And so, you know, it was very dedicated people who were playing, like, the online PC games. Um, And so it's, uh, it took me a long time to realize that gamer was a complicated word. Um, I had never heard anybody against the term. I had never heard anybody angry about the term there was a lot of the uh kind of oh are you really a gamer type policing uh that tends to happen but you know that's anytime you play with new guys they're like oh are you really a gamer are you sure you're a gamer and then (laughs) yeah actually um so i never really felt any kind of complication with the term i've always identified as a gamer that's how i found other gamers it was cool and it wasn't until honestly i started doing the documentary um Because I was thinking about the question that I ask everyone more in terms of the, oh, you know, do you feel like you're a gamer? Do you feel like, you know, there's a different word or a better word uh, to judge you? Or do you feel like men challenge you as being a gamer? I didn't realize the term gamer itself was going to be a problem. And the fact that people didn't identify with it and they didn't relate to it in the same way uh, was really eye opening for me. And so that's why I started literally asking everybody because I, the first two people I asked were like, hell no, I'm not a gamer. And then I was like, man, am I out of, like, what happened? Did I miss something? Uh, and it turns out it ended up being almost half and half, like consensus wise of, yes, I'm a gamer. No, I'm not a gamer. And these are all people who play video games. And most of them make them too. So I'm like, like we're talking about like elite levels where people know how to do this and they're, and they're still like, no, I'm not a gamer. And it's weird because like before, like I used to write for this all girls gaming mag called Cerise. That was run by Andrea Rubenstein and Robin Fleming. This is back in like 07, eh. <laughs> like 90 million years ago in internet time. Um, and it was interesting because Robin identifies a gamer, but she had a column called Robin Can't Jump. And it was all about like her not being able to complete video games, even though she really loved them. Um, and that's also a really common experience that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about, which is kind of like you love games and you like the experience of them, but maybe you're just not very good at them. Um, and so I could see why, like, people like Liz and whatever said, they always associated it with hyper-competitiveness um, in gaming. Like, that's definitely a part of it. Uh, but it doesn't have to be, I think. So do you have a good community of video game fans around you and yourself? Or 
are you not really part of the community because it, it can be gross sometimes? Uh, well, like I said, I'm an old school player. And so most of the people I met who gamed, I met in real life and I met in person and they became my friends. And then some of them I met through the blogosphere um, and they became my friends. But it was very little of like finding people randomly. Like true story, the girl came and grew that I still kind of hang out with. Um, I mean, like time at this point, it's been a decade. And so like literally one person just moved across the country and then two of the girls kind of aren't friends anymore. You know, it's dynamics like every other friend group. Um, but I literally met uh, one of my closest friends on Friendster because I typed in my zip code and video games. And I wanted I just wanted to find other girls. Because at that point, I think I was playing with almost exclusively guys. And that's cool sometimes, uh, but not cool other times. And some of the times it was not cool was like there was one guy's house in particular that I used to call a porn pit. And like we would go down into his basement. It smelled really weird. And there was like all these copies of like Blacktail and Smooth. Like I read everything that Melissa Ford has ever written because of that. So how do you feel like being a video game fan has changed over the years? Like for you personally, does your fandom feel the same now as it did when you were still a kid sort of sneaking into your dad's room or does it feel totally different? It feels similar, right? There's still that weird giddy excitement when there's a new game that you're looking forward to playing. There's still that awesome feeling of accomplishment, but it's just different, you know, like our lives are different. I think one of the things that um, I love about my friend Jamin Warren's mag, Killscream, is that they started trying to rat, like tackle this idea of like what does it mean to be an adult gamer and how like you know your life has dramatically changed. I'm not 16 anymore. I don't have 50 hours a week to put on games. Like I don't. That's not happening anymore. Right? I'm a mom, I got a job and I got a blog. Like I don't have time. Um, and so the relationships are with the games are, is just very, very different. Um, but still deep and I really enjoy it. Um, I'm saddened by some of the stuff that I see, but it's more like industry stuff, right? Like, you know, moving away from local multiplayer to have online. And some of my friends like violently disagree with me about this too, just FYI, like not everybody has the same view. Um, I like the camaraderie of like sitting on a couch with people, trash talking next to them, like being in that same space. Um, I don't feel the same way online. And I don't like how like so many more things are pushing. So like now everybody has, both people have to own the game. Both people have to own the consoles. Both people have to. Like, a lot of the gaming that I grew up with was about sharing. You know, like, you made a lot of friends that I think you wouldn't have normally made if it wasn't for, like, this one shared kind of weird hobby that you used to have. Uh, so that part of games culture is kind of going downhill a little bit. Um, and there aren't shared spaces anymore, like arcades. And arcades aren't as plentiful as they used to be. That's so interesting, though. That's such a good point that gaming has gone from being something that's really shared. And I think a lot of people who grew up playing video games feel that, too. I grew up playing with my brother and it being like an interactive experience between us, accomplishing something together in this video game. Versus now, it can be much more of a solo project where you're alone, you're in uh, maybe a, a video games are so much more complicated and have such big, expansive worlds that are fun to explore on your own. And you're right that there's just less of that shared space people coming over to play video games yeah yeah it's just it's not <clears throat> culturally significant anymore in an interesting way i don't know what that's going to do to next i mean i mean at the same time like the benefit of the internet is literally you can play with anybody anywhere and a lot of people do you know make those bonds the girl that i talked about who just moved like she moved because she met her new boyfriend in a game that they were playing it's an rpg and he, so she's moved across country to go be with this guy now um, like, which is yeah it happens um, but it's, it's, yeah, so it is, it does facilitate these like wonderful connections and interesting things. It's just that, I don't know, like, I think it depends on what kind of culture 
you want. And I feel like particularly like this more anonymized online culture, it gives rise to like what a lot of people associate with gaming, which is like, you know, this ridiculous levels of harassment. Um, and it's weird because I feel like for this generation growing up, they haven't seen a world where that didn't exist. And so it's strange, right? Like it's just really, really strange for me to know that I'm 32 and my conception and my perception of video games is going to be totally different than someone who is, you know, like 20 and under just because of those shifts in like the internet, anonymous commenting, group play online. Like I was playing Journey with my son and I didn't realize that if you were connected to the PS4 network, other players from Journey will come in and play with you. Like you don't interact with them, you don't talk to them, like they kind of just roll around. And it's cute and it's very fun. I like that part of it. Um, but it, that could have easily not worked out <laughs> as, as beautifully with other players kind of coming into your game randomly and just being like, hey, I'm just going to hang out. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting thing for me to think about because it's, it's easy for me to think about games as this welcoming and loving space because that was for the most part, what I experienced. And I'm not sure younger people will have that same experience. Well, before we go, I know you have to run. Uh, what are you a big fan of right now? Oh, my God. What am I doing right now? Um, <laughs> so in terms of on the indie games, okay, I'll talk. So I'm a console player. Um, that's been my big thing. I'm a console player. And so the stuff I've been playing on the console, I've been replaying Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X too, just because it's literally been a decade since I played it last. I was in a completely different relationship, totally different time in my life. And so it's interesting to go back and be back in Spira, but at the same time kind of be in a very different life space. So I've been playing through that, and I'll probably end up replaying to Shadow Hearts Covenant, which was one of my favorite games, and I'm starting to forget why it was my favorite. So I'm like, okay, time to replay that. Um, newer stuff, I'm playing Journey, and I'm probably going to cop Mirror's Edge. Um, when it comes back out, because I'm super looking forward to it. I just read an interview with one of the level designers, and I was like, yes. Um, in terms of indie games, I have been kind of totally addicted to Jane Friedhoff's game, who's in <clears throat> the documentary series. Jane's game is called Slam City Oracles, and it's a game that's, a, that's kind of based in Riot Girl. And it's like if you want to just kind of slam together and break stuff up, and it's multiplayer, and it's local multiplayer, so you can play with people um, in your area and, and around you. Um, and... You know, it's this awesome Riot Girl soundtrack and these gorgeous colors. It kind of looks like uh, Katamari. And you just kind of bang into things as these little blocks and you keep, you know, banging. And if you slam into your friend, you both end up going higher and you both end up being able to break bigger stuff. It's just a, it's just a ridiculous amount of fun with an amazing soundtrack. And I've been enjoying that a lot, too. That was journalist and gamer Latoya Peterson. You can see that gender and gaming video series at fusion.net. Uh,